This is Jennifer Papito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, I'm talking with Emily Papito. We are starting a new series on creating your own family rule. We've gone over all of these rules of St. Benedict, things like order and, and prayer and work. And now we're going to be talking about having your own family values established, especially as a foundation or a starting point for a happy homeschool and a happy home. Because honestly, you're not going to be able to choose a homeschool curriculum or choose what extracurricular activities to sign your kids up for, or even decide how to spend your money if you don't have a basic vision for what you want your family to be about and some basic values. I definitely agree with that. And one of the big questions we often get at the Peaceful Press is, what curriculums do I need to use or what curriculums do I need to combine? Or people think I have a you know five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a nine-year-old, and we want to homeschool together. Or just kind of these questions about how to set up their homeschool method even. And that is also going to relate back to your family vision and your family core goals and the life that you want to build. Because do you want to be a really cutting-edge academic family? Or do you want to be a family who has more outdoors time and who takes a slower approach to learning? Do you want to spend you know, eight hours a day teaching or do you want to spend four hours a day teaching and four hours a day outside? And neither is necessarily inherently bad, but the point is, is that you can't go in with this hodgepodge of ideas that don't actually work together. And this is really important when we are framing a, our lives, our children's lives and a homeschool journey. For sure. And, you know, with Emily, she had a very kind of a hodgepodge education actually in high school and still is working on a Juris doctorate. So it doesn't, you know, if you do have a family vision that is different, for instance, our family vision was to do mission work, to spend lots of time outside and to be somewhat like independent or we were into simple living. So we lived out on acreage and that meant that we weren't living in a city where we had lots of classes available. It meant that Things like music performance was less of a a highlight because we spent a lot of weekends doing mission trips or we were at church a lot, things like that. So our family values meant that we kind of had a different homeschool routine than maybe a family whose family values are being really excelling at sports or whose family value is to get their children into an Ivy league school. So I think that you can give your children a really good education with a variety of family values, but if you don't identify what are your core values, what are your core essentials, then you're going to try to homeschool like the first person you see, or maybe the hundred people you follow on Instagram and make your life really overbearing and really unnecessarily overly scheduled because you don't know what you're really about or it won't be scheduled it'll just be chaos and it'll be overwhelming chaos because you have too many things going on and I think it's a really I a lot of times have had people like life coaches or friends or mentees or mentors um who have wanted to or who have advised me to 
sit down and really take some time to craft a vision. And that can feel so overwhelming when you have a million other things going on and you're in like the baby days or you just feel like you have too much to really carve out even a couple days. You're like, this is what we're going to do for a couple days. But having that, having a really firm directional course is actually going to simplify and maximize the rest of your year and the rest of your homeschool journey. If you, if you're like, this is really clear what we want and where we're going. And we've taken the time to actually think about it and decide it. It is going to simplify your overall decision-making process and everything else down the road. And we have actually a free resource with the Peaceful Press. It's a workshop that I recorded in January, along with a PDF called The Peaceful Life. And we'll put the link in the show notes. You can download the PDF, watch the workshop, and use the coupon code Peaceful Life. So use the code Peaceful Life to get that workshop for 100% off. And this PDF has some really thoughtful questions like, what are your core values or essentials as a family? You know, just identifying, are we about, you know, having a really beautiful family life? Are we about taking amazing vacations? Are we about having our children excel at classical music performance? So take some time to identify your core values. Another question on that list is just, what do you want your children to remember about life in your home? Like we really wanted as a family to create a lot of family memories. And so we, my husband and I, we always lived in small houses that we could pay off quickly. We drove cars that we could pay off quickly. We simplified in some areas. We really didn't spend a lot even on toys, for instance, like never had motorbikes or quads or things like that, or big TVs. I mean, the biggest TV I think we've ever had is like 32 inches or something because we valued experiences. And so the money that we might have spent on those things, we spent on taking a trip to Italy or a mission trip to Mexico. So if you know, you know, what do you want your children to remember about life in your home? And also, what do you want your children to remember about daily life in your home? I read, I think it was a Raymond Moore book early on in my homeschool journey, and it described this woman's homeschool experience. And in the morning, she would wake up with her children and they would do their kind of self-care routine, and then they would go walk down the lane and enjoy the colors of the fall, and then they would come back and have a little snack and light a candle and sing some songs together. So it described this beautiful day, and that gave me a vision for what kind of a day I wanted with my children. Like I, I did want us to start our day with prayer and with morning time. I wanted us to have a schedule that wasn't so tightly scheduled that we didn't have togetherness. And so, you know, because of that vision, I homeschooled because that vision, I rarely signed us up for any kind of morning extracurricular. Like I didn't sign us up for Bible study fellowship or things like that, that would have required leaving in the mornings. And so I think as you are just taking time to think about, you know, what do you want your kids to remember? What are some of your big dreams? What do you want to be remembered for at the end of your life? it's going to really help you to plan out curriculum choices and things like that. And so in future episodes, I'm going to talk about some of even the nitty gritties of education. If you are someone who's planning to home educate, but I think it really starts with what are your core values and essentials? Yeah. I mean, still, you know, it's interesting because as the Pepito family, 
when you were like four, Emily, we were on a family vacation. I had this little worksheet, which is very similar to our family vision worksheet or even the peaceful life workshop. And I wrote down then like that we wanted to spend time worshiping and go on mission trips and grow a garden. And now like in our house right now, a lot of those things are things that we still do. I just mm-hmm. did a mission trip to France, which was really cool. Uh, you have this beautiful garden that you're growing. So even though I'm not, you know, I only have my little herb garden, you are growing a fantastic garden. So a lot of the essentials that we wrote down, you know, 25 years ago are still things that we're doing as a family. Would you change any of them or would you have done anything differently? Like in terms of the character in your home, if you were a new mom, if you were looking at yourself back then and you were had your family vision sheet and you had the home atmosphere that you wanted to create is there any advice or piece of wisdom you would have given yourself yeah that's a good question because I the only regret or, or maybe the biggest regret I have from my early years of mothering is worrying too much about what other people thought because my my the values and the intentions were good, but depending on who I was around, like for instance, there was a little season where we were with this group of people who were into this certain parenting philosophy, and so during that time, I I didn't enjoy my children as much because there was this pressure on me to try and have them behave a certain way, which is stupid because they were toddlers. There was, it was a really young season, and so I think for sure the big regret I have or the thing that I would say to young moms now is quit worrying about what other people think of you. Quit worrying about whether other people think you're a good mom and just start to study your children, enjoy your children, be present with your children. And then I think that our own, when we, you know, we've talked so much in this podcast about dealing with our trauma, about getting healing. I feel like when we work on that, when we've done forgiveness, when we've worked on processing our own childhood story, we are free to be more responsive and less moved by what other people think of us. I agree with that. And the other thing, as a child who grew up in a home where those are the core values and to mothers who are wanting to create that, I would say it won't be a walk in a candle every single day. But one thing that was really impactful about my childhood is that we had traditions that were built around these values, even when these values couldn't happen every single day. And so we had this like spring picnic that we would do. And we had this, um, we didn't really do Easter or Easter egg hunts or anything, but we would, we'd moved into sort of our, well, my family's dream house when we were in like springtime basically. And so we would have like a spring picnic and mom would hide like chocolate dove eggs because it was either right after Easter and they were on sale or whatever. And it was just, and we'd sit by the creek and she'd usually read. And it was a really sweet anchoring memory. And so some of the values and traditions and um, family life that you want to build, they don't have to be every single day or even every single week, but finding anchor points that you can start to um basically connect the dots of the values into your everyday life by having these points of tradition, like our family picnic, or, you know, we, we always did have a garden. Like when we moved to Mexico, um, we were living in a two bedroom, uh, a house with a balcony and we didn't obviously have any kind of garden. And mom went to probably Home Depot and bought each of us a very small galvanized tin and potting soil. And then 
we grew peas and I think I grew lettuce on the balcony. And so it, the, we need to have a lot of compassion on ourselves and the reality of our lives in framing the vision and what it looks like in the season that you're in. But the visions that mom talks about having were consistent across some really crazy seasons, even though they might've looked ridiculously different. I love that. And, and it's interesting because at the rooted home conference that just happened, I was on a homeschool panel because I was homeschooled for a couple of years. And I talked then about how much I appreciated my parents' values. Like we, my parents didn't have a lot and I wouldn't really have called them in some ways the most intentional of parents they were, they were Christians, but they just didn't have the same tools and resources that so many of us have today. But they did value time in nature. We often lived out in the country or we, my mom would always have a garden also. They definitely valued simplicity. They weren't extravagant spenders. And so some of those values from my childhood, I have carried into my life now. And I see some of my kids really, you know, all of my children, when they have their own places. They have plants. Emily has this beautiful garden behind her apartment. So it is really fantastic to see that the values that we uphold, our children will. And and sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's rocky. Like there was a period for some of my parents' kids where we didn't necessarily adopt some of their best values. But it I believe that those seeds that are planted will bear fruit. And so, you know, just keep doing the good things that are laid on your heart to do and trust the fruit to God. And that is really a big part of the message of this podcast, Restoration Home, is that just keep doing the, being faithful, you know, figure out a vision for your family and be faithful to it, even if not everybody is on board. I posted recently on Instagram, you know, sometimes even your husband isn't going to be that into doing your vision, or maybe he's not going to have much of a vision of any kind, but that's okay. You don't have to force him to have one. You don't have to wait for him to have one. Just get one yourself and, and trust that if it's, if it's from God, he'll, he'll get his own vision. You guys can adapt as you go and figure it out, but don't just wait for somebody else to get started living a more intentional life. 100%. And I think the other thing is obviously when you're crafting this family vision sheet, I'm, it needs to be husband and wife and your children can have input and and ultimately it'll be the values that you guys decide but one of the things is that my dad is the one who's really brought a lot of the experiences and and so mom has brought this this beauty and this tradition and this grounding and this really intentional childhood um affection and and reading but a lot of the a lot of the fun has been dad wanting to do things and then bringing all of us along with him and and just seeing the way my parents have been so well matched in creating this vision together. And you both don't have to be strong in all parts of it. You can trade off each other. You can tag team. You can, you know, have visions where it's like, yeah, I'm, I might not be any good at the vision that my husband has, but it fits within the overarching narrative of who we want to be as a family. And he can lead in that area. And I don't, I don't actually have to be in control on that. And I think I think that quite often, as much as we, I think as women, we either are incredibly passive or incredibly controlling and finding that middle ground where we know when to be passive and when to take authority is, um, is an ongoing sanctification process. But definitely, I think being a, being a team in that and knowing that you can tag team off each other. Yeah. I really appreciate that you brought that up, Emily, because I feel like 
sometimes women don't give any credence or honor to their husband's ideas. Like they think that it's all about them and their ideas for the family. But if it's going to be sustainable and if it's going to be um, really bless your family in the long run, it does have to be kind of, like you said, a game of give and take where, you know, it wasn't actually my vision for us to move to Mexico. That was my husband's vision, but that strengthened our family and refined us and created so many experiences that, that made us better people. And so I'm glad that I didn't, you know, I, I did have concerns about whether it was the right thing for our kids or the best thing. And, and I talk a lot about those in Mothering by the Book. You can read that story and see how actually some of my fears were, were way more destructive than the exciting adventure we were on. And so, you know, really as women, check your heart. Like, where is some of your angst about your husband's ideas coming from? You know, so often our husband's do have an idea or a vision for their family and then we shoot it down. And then later on, we're disappointed. We're like, why won't they lead? Why don't they, why aren't they more intentional with the kids? And yet all along we've been so negative about any ideas they do have. I love that you say that. And I think the importance of letting our husbands lead, like this is really minor, but I think that many splits are going in the house and that's just been my dad's, I don't know why, but it's been my dad's dream for a long time for there to be mini splits. It's always talked about. And I think that there, um, I was with my cousin and both of us are currently single, but we have these big conversations about relationships and stuff. And, and I just watching marriages and things that thrive. And I'm like, you actually have to be willing to sacrifice a lot. And I think sometimes we we don't realize because we're so we love our kids so much and we are so passionate about their well-being that we often feel very justified in thwarting some of our our husband's ideas um for the family even if their idea might be sweet or benign because it just doesn't fit into sort of a um, our mother's perspective of what would be best and the house is a really silly example but there could be things your husband you're like, that's just like, like what? Like that's so out of line with what I'm dreaming of, but letting him, letting him have some say and letting him feel like he has agency, I think is really an important part in restoring, restoring godly manhood, which is a whole nother conversation, but. Right. Yeah. I, I, and it, I don't know where you're come coming from as listeners. Like I know I have friends whose husbands are so overbearing. They have no options and no say about anything. And then I have friends who are so overbearing themselves that their husbands have no say. And so you might be on either side of that spectrum. I know in our family, you know, my husband and I both are probably pretty decently strong personalities, but I am super into the aesthetics of the house. And so if there's something that, if there's a suggestion of his that doesn't fit my aesthetic, I'm definitely a handful. Which so, is not an insult to you at all. Yeah, it's yeah, just no, an example of something that is yeah, like, yeah, where, where we do have to, I mean, really, yeah. I think being prayerful and, and checking our own heart, like is, is relationship more important is empowering our husbands to be intentional dads and to be in the game important. And that, that might be something that you as a, mom have to figure out as you figure out your own rule of life you know because part of this is talking about a family rule and that is something that you and your husband are going to have to kind of get together on and maybe like I said you're just going to get started on something because your value is to read out loud to your kids every day 
he doesn't really care. And so you're just going to do it instead of waiting for him to start doing it. But then there might be bigger things like how you spend your money as a couple that you're going to have to get on board together with. And then there might be other things where maybe he has an idea, you don't have the same idea, and you're going to have to pray like, God, is this something you want me to do? And this is where we really need the Holy Spirit. I mean, with Mexico, I it wasn't something I wanted to do. I wanted a perfect childhood for my children. But I I really prayed about it. I put it before the Lord and I felt like that's what we were supposed to do. And that's what helped me, you know, move forward into something that was really scary for me. So if you are ready to get started with your own family rule of life, go ahead and go to the show notes, download the Peaceful Life Workshop. I will walk you through some of the beginning steps in that PDF and you can use code PEACEFULLIFE to get that for 100% off. And then also, if you resonate with this conversation about being afraid and having a hard time, you know, working together with your husband on things, grab Mothering by the Book. It's such a great resource for just helping you process some of the events in your life that have made it easier for you to give way to fear and help you to overcome so you can have a more joyful and connected family life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.